Today we're going to be picking up uh, and carrying on um, in Luke's gospel. Um, We're up to Luke 17, um, and there's a particular passage that um, that's really particularly stood out to me while I've been 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 reading that. So if you want to just turn quickly to Luke 17, um, we're going to pick up where we left off previously. Actually, ties in well with uh, what's gone before. So Luke 17, I'm actually just going to pick out a couple of verses. Um, Where we are now, we're in a a kind of part of Luke's gospel where Luke is bringing together a whole series of Jesus' teachings. Um, So we've had the miracles and the life of Jesus. Uh, We're now in in a place where, as I say, Luke is looking at the teachings of Jesus. And we've looked at a number of them over the past few weeks. Um, And and last week, uh, Kim was looking at the story of the prodigal son. Uh, This week, uh, Luke 17, again, it's cram-packed full of uh, teachings and things that Jesus is emphasizing. Um, But as I say, as I was just preparing this, there was one particular message, if you like, that stood out to me um, that I just want to really focus in on uh, today. And that's the message of forgiveness and of confrontation, healthy confrontation, and the message that Jesus gives around this. Um, So if we pick it up in Luke 17, I just want to read a couple of verses from there, and then we're going to skip back uh, to Matthew. Uh, Luke 17 and verse 3, Jesus says this, If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day... And seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. Now if you could flick with me to Matthew 18, um, we'll find some parallel teaching that that Jesus gave that's recorded uh, by Matthew, where he elaborates a bit more on uh, what Luke uh, has given us there. So if you turn to Matthew 18, it will also come up on the slide uh, behind me. So Matthew 18, and we're picking it up at verse 15. And Jesus says this, If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. And then if we skip down, uh, Jesus then goes on to tell a parable from verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay everything back. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back, 
But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In his anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each one of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. So there's a message here, and Jesus is pretty clear on the importance of forgiveness and the need for us to forgive one another. And I just want to focus in on that this morning, uh, looking at what, what, what we mean by forgiveness, what is forgiveness, and also looking at the process, picking up on some of the things Jesus teaches here, the process of healthy confrontation. Because one of the things we emphasize in this environment a lot is that we want to create uh, a free environment, a, an environment where people are free to be all that God's made them to be and to express that freedom. And we talk a lot about the culture of honor, the importance of honoring one another and giving space for one another, honoring the different gifts that we see in one another and the different strengths and the different ways in which people play things out. But I'd say an important, if you like, the, the, the other side of the coin to freedom and empowering culture is actually we need a culture where actually we're really good at doing confrontation well. We need, to, we need to have a culture where we're really good at doing healthy confrontation and giving feedback. Because one of the things with freedom is, one of the questions that you know, creating a free environment gives rise to is, well, are there any boundaries for freedom? Does that mean I can do what I want? Does that mean I can do anything, even if it upsets the people around me? And... Uh, God spoke to me about this a few years ago when I was asking him those questions. And uh, he just dropped into my heart that actually there are boundaries to freedom that he's put in place. And the, the primary boundary to freedom is love. In Galatians, uh, Paul mentions this. You don't need to turn there. But in Galatians 5, uh, Paul says this. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, we talk a lot about freedom in this environment. But there's also a question of how do you use your freedom? And what Paul's saying here is use your freedom for love and to love one another and to promote the cause of love amongst us. I guess the question then arises, what happens when that doesn't happen? When somebody uses their freedom in a way that upsets you, offends you, causes you difficulty, hurts you, disappoints you? And that's really the question that I want to be looking at today. And the starting point for Jesus is that we need to forgive. So just going back to the passage in Luke, Jesus is clear about the need to forgive one another. 
If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. And the passages we read in Matthew make clear the significance and the importance of forgiveness to Jesus. As far as Jesus is concerned, forgiveness is a non-negotiable. And actually he, he links forgiveness back to us being forgiven as well. The parable that we uh, just read of the unmerciful servant, we see there the story of a man who had been forgiven much, but then was unwilling to forgive those who owed him a debt. And actually the outcome of that particular story was that the man, the, the unforgiving servant, was actually thrown into prison himself. See, one of the reasons why forgiveness is so important is not just because it releases the other person, but it also releases you. When somebody sins against you, when somebody hurts you, when somebody offends you, actually holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and revenge, actually the outcome of that story is, the outcome of that is just like the parable that Jesus told. You end up finding yourself imprisoned. You end up finding yourself imprisoned by the anger and the resentment and the revenge that you are holding on to inside. I think it's important at this point just to think, well, what is forgiveness? When Jesus is talking about forgiving one another here, what's he talking about? I was interested just when I did a word study on the the word forgive uh, that Jesus uses here. uh, One of the uh, meanings of it is to let go. And I thought actually that's a really helpful uh, phrase, I think, in terms of understanding what Jesus is saying here. I think forgiveness, a big part of it is actually choosing to let go of resentment, choosing to let go of anger, choosing to let go of hurt and the need for revenge that you might be feeling. Actually, there's a letting go of those things. I think it's also letting the other person go. The person who's offended you, who's upset you, who's hurt you. Actually, forgiveness releases them too. It releases you, it also releases them. And forgiveness also resets the standard. When we forgive, we're actually choosing not to hold on to what that person has done. We're making a choice that we will not hold on to what that person has done. And it resets the standard. We're not going to hold that against them. And that's not going to become our expectation of who that person is. And we're not going to keep reminding them of the thing that they've done. Actually, we forgive, we let go, and it resets the standard. Interesting that we were talking today about love after marriage, because I think marriage is probably uh, the environment, and family is probably the environment in which we get to work this out the most, the need to forgive one another. And... And certainly, you know, something that Emily and I are really keen to practice in our marriage and in our family is that when we let one another down, one, that we're able to communicate about that, but also that when we forgive one another, that actually that's gone and that's dealt with and that's done. We're not going to keep rehearsing and repeating that back to the other person. 
And as far as I'm concerned, that, that we then move on from that place. And it's as if uh, that never happened. Forgiveness is also a choice. Uh, I just wanted to say that. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not just uh, when we feel like it. Actually, you may not feel like it. You may have a lot going on inside, but actually we can choose to forgive. Some of the things it doesn't mean to forgive, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of the hurt and the pain will disappear. Depending on what's been done and what's happened, that may take significantly longer. But actually, even in the midst of hurt and pain, we can still choose to forgive. It also doesn't necessarily mean that trust is immediately restored in a relationship. It may be that trust needs to be rebuilt, depending again on what's happened. It also doesn't mean that what happened was okay. I think one of the stumbling blocks often to forgiveness, and I know some of the things I've had to uh, forgive people for in my life, one of the stumbling blocks is if I forgive, does that mean what they did was okay? And it's been helpful for me to realize that actually forgiveness actually doesn't deny what happened and it doesn't minimize what happened, but actually it looks it in the face and says, actually, that was painful, that hurt, that wasn't right, but I'm choosing not to hold that against you. It doesn't mean that what happened was okay, but it does mean that you've chosen to release that person from your judgment, from your anger, uh, and from that need for revenge. I thought it would be helpful, kind of talking about forgiveness, just to look at a few examples of forgiveness uh, and what it actually means. I think one of the most famous kind of stories of forgiveness, certainly in my lifetime, uh, would be um, the, the situation in South Africa with Nelson Mandela. I'm sure many of you are you know, aware of that story and the story of forgiveness and reconciliation that, that went on in that country. And I was just reading about Nelson Mandela uh, as I was preparing for this and, and some of the things that he did. Uh, Mandela, you may be aware, spent 27 years of his life in prison uh, fighting for equality and freedom for the black people of South Africa. And uh, for most of that time, uh, would uh, be subject to hard labor uh, and at times even in solitary confinement. And uh, there's an article that, that just details uh, four uh, acts of forgiveness that Mandela uh, kind of offered to those who had uh, kind of stood against him and had subjected him to these things. And it's quite amazing actually just to see uh, the forgiveness that Mandela uh, offered. One of them, uh, when he was inaugurated as South African president, uh, Mandela invited one of his uh, prison guards to his inauguration. Twenty years later, on his anniversary of his inauguration as president, uh, another one of his jailers came to the 20th anniversary dinner to mark his release from prison. Perhaps even more amazingly, uh, the state prosecutor, Percy Utah, uh, who convicted Mandela uh, to hard labor for life, and also who sought the death penalty against Mandela himself back in 1963, uh, Mandela invited him to dinner uh, in 1995, uh, and they enjoyed a meal together 
as Mandela sought to reconcile with this man who had imprisoned him for 27 years. And one of the most famous acts of forgiveness and reconciliation of all time, uh, you've probably all seen the iconic image of Mandela wearing uh, the Springbok jersey, the South African jersey, uh, which was an emblem of the white man in South Africa, uh, which was an emblem and stood for oppression. Essentially, he was putting on his enemy's uniform, his enemy's clothing. And as he stood there on that World Cup final wearing the South African jersey, it was an incredible act for that nation of forgiveness and of reconciliation. And Mandela reaching across to his oppressors to say that he had forgiven them. I also came across another story uh, online, and we've got a video just to show now, which again just speaks of uh, the power of forgiveness uh, and what it can do in, uh, in the lives of, of those who've been hurt, but also the lives uh, of those who've caused the offence. I think that's an amazing testimony uh, of two people who've chosen to forgive. Um, I mean, it's an example of one of the worst things that you could imagine happening to you in this life. Um, and they chose to forgive. And I, I love some of the messages that came through that. Uh, you know, as I say, it's clear it was a choice. Even in the midst of hurt and anger and pain, uh, choosing to forgive and to let go uh, of their son's killers. But you can also see the, the freedom uh, that it's brought to them. Uh, amazing when the daughter shared of her response to the journalist's question, will you forgive, that actually it triggered um, freedom for her mum to actually begin to express uh, what was going on inside for the first time. And she also talked there about uh, actually it makes you unwell, unforgiveness. And uh, I think there's a, a, a tremendous power uh, in forgiveness. You know, we, we talk a lot, again, we talk a lot here about signs and wonders and miracles and healing and all of those things which are amazing and good and things that we want to pursue. But I think there's just as much power and just as much of the kingdom expressed uh, through acts of forgiveness like that than there is in uh, somebody having a cancer removed or being raised from the dead. In fact, as I was, as we were worshipping earlier, we were singing about being children of God. And I believe one of the reasons uh, that God calls us to forgive is because it's who he is and because it's his nature. Uh, scripture tells us that uh, when we repent, uh, he is faithful and just and will forgive us for the things that we've done wrong. We, we have a father, we have a God who his heart is one of forgiveness towards his enemies and to those who hurt him. And I believe part of it is a reflection of us being his children. And I also just felt this sense that there was almost like, it was almost like forgiveness just opens up. The best way to say it is almost like a portal from heaven for the kingdom of God to, to come into situations uh, and into lives. You know, forgiveness, it's something from another world. It's not something 
that, that happens every day. It's something, I believe, that expresses the heart of the kingdom uh, in an extremely powerful way. And another reason that we uh, are called to forgive is because we ourselves have been forgiven much. Again, going back to the story of the unmerciful servant, the reason that the master reacted so strongly to him uh, was because he had been forgiven much, and yet he was unwilling to forgive those who had offended him. One of the key motivations for, for us forgiving others, and if you're struggling to forgive, I just encourage you to reflect on and to remember uh, God's forgiveness towards you and the heart of forgiveness uh, that God has displayed towards each one of us. I did just want to give a moment, actually, just before we move on, uh, I want to spend a few minutes just looking uh, at what to do when somebody offends you. As I I think the, the starting point is to forgive and to adopt an attitude of forgiveness. Um, and we're going to look in a moment at some, some other things that you can do. But I just want to take a moment uh, just to respond uh, in terms of forgiveness and just to give you an opportunity to respond in your heart. If you're aware uh, of unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, if you can relate to some of uh, what, what was being said here about the kind of anger and resentment and bitterness, I just want to give you an opportunity just to uh, respond and to make a choice in your heart to forgive. I'm just going to ask everyone just to close their eyes for a moment. Um, if just And just if this is, this is resonating with you, and you know that you are holding unforgiveness in your heart, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond and to, to make a choice that you will choose to forgive them. For some of you, it may be something you've held on to for a very long time. And actually, it may not be, it may not feel like an easy thing to do. But I believe that there's power in that choice. And I just, there's grace being released from heaven for you to forgive. And I just, so I just want you in your heart just to choose to forgive. You may just want to say the words, I, just to picture the, the situation and just say, I choose to forgive. Because it starts as a choice. And forgiveness opens up, kind of, it lead, I believe it will lead you into, into greater freedom. I think unforgiveness can also um, manifest itself even in our health, our emotional health our physical health, our mental health. And again, forgiveness may be a key for some of you uh, in, in finding breakthrough in those areas. And forgiveness can also lead and opens the door for reconciliation and restoration. But I just want to release your grace right now into the room. Father, for those who are holding on to things and know that there's unforgiveness in their heart towards people or in respect of certain situations, Father, I just release your grace and your forgiveness right now. Father, I release grace to empower people to choose to forgive and to let go.
Father, even in the midst of hurt and pain and anger, that people would be able to let go and release that to you and release the, the, the person or the people that have offended them from their anger and their judgment. And Father, I just I release your, your life to flow through that decision into their lives and to bring transformation and to bring healing and to bring restoration into that situation, into, into the relationships that have been affected. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you love to forgive and that you love to restore. Thank you, Jesus. So as well as forgiving, Jesus also gives us instructions when we've been offended. Uh, In the passage we read in Matthew, uh, Jesus gives some practical instructions on what to do uh, where you've suffered an offense. And uh, he begins by saying that we should go to the person that's offended us. just find uh, the passage. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen, uh, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So Jesus here is giving us some very practical advice on what we do when we've suffered offence from somebody or when we've been hurt or um, let down. And uh, step one, Jesus says, is go and speak to them. Go and talk to them about what's happened and seek to reconcile and restore the situation. And I just want to talk practically for a few minutes Is it possible to get the slides uh, back up? Just about some practical steps that you can take uh, in order to do that. Because as I say, I think it's really important that we develop a culture here where we're really good at giving and receiving feedback and confrontation from one another. Um, Because I think conflict is inevitable. Where you've got two or more people um, who are different and who do things differently and see the world differently and express themselves differently, uh, conflict is inevitable. I think the only place where you don't get conflict is, is in a graveyard. Okay, where there's no life, there's no conflict. But where you've got life, there's going to be conflict. Conflict in itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. Okay, the key is how you resolve it, and actually finding healthy ways uh, to do that rather than unhealthy ways. So this was just some practical things in terms of if someone offends you, uh, what can you do about it? Well, firstly, if there's time, think about yourself. Actually, think about your reaction and your response. Maybe ask yourself some of these questions. What what am I feeling? What is it that I'm feeling? Okay, there are four main kind of categories. Sad, mad, glad, and afraid. Okay, sad, mad, glad, and afraid. What is it that you're feeling? Actually paying attention to what it is that you're feeling can really help in working out what's going on and where the issue lies. It will also help in terms of you expressing to the other person what is going on. And just a word there, anger can often uh, 
show up, but often it can uh, be a cover for other things that are actually going on. Okay? Anger can often uh, be the primary emotion that you might be feeling, but actually what you might be feeling is afraid. It might be that you're afraid of you've been what someone's done or someone said has actually caused you to be afraid. And the expression, the reaction in your heart is is one of anger, uh, to kind of push it away, get it away. It might be that you've been hurt or you feel let down. So paying attention to what's going on and just asking some of these simple questions. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling that? What was it that the person did or said that's caused this? And, And why did that trigger this? And I think this is really important because I know in my life I've found sometimes when I've been offended or upset or hurt, actually just by paying attention to what's going on inside me and why I've reacted, I've actually realized, actually, I think this is more my problem than their problem. Actually, I think the reason I've reacted so strongly to that is actually because of things going on inside of me and not because of what that person did at all. And so actually asking these questions first can be a really good way to resolve the problem. If if it doesn't, then Jesus is quite clear. We go and speak to that person, the person that's offended us. And we seek to resolve the situation with them directly. And then if necessary, we can involve somebody else who actually is a person who can actually help resolve the situation. If we just move on to the next slide. These are just some things in terms of making approaches, some help, unhelpful things you might do, uh, and then some helpful things you might do. Okay, starting a confrontation with somebody uh, with phrases like, you always do that. Or, when you did that, you made me feel angry. When you did that, you made me feel whatever. And the reason, one of the, th- one of the things I'd encourage you when doing confrontation is to own the things that you're feeling. Own your reaction and your response to the situation. Because actually saying, when you did that, you made me feel like X. Actually what it does, actually what that's displaying is that What's going on inside of you is controlled uh, by the people around you. And you not owning that yourself, actually, it, it kind of absolves you of responsibility for your reaction and what's going on. It puts all of the onus and the responsibility and the, the blame onto the other person and actually doesn't take responsibility yourself for what you're feeling and the way that you're reacting Can we just flick on to the the next one? These are some helpful things that you might want to use. Just some helpful tools. Can we talk about that situation? Can we talk about what happened the other day? Can we talk about that thing that you said? This is one that Emily Emily and I have found particularly helpful. Uh, One of the struggles I've had uh, with confrontation is that... um, In the environment I grew up in, one of the one of the things that I picked up was if you've done something wrong, it doesn't. It's not just an isolated incident, but it kind of affects your whole person. 
uh, that something you do doesn't just, it's not just a kind of one-off thing, but actually it almost affects your identity and affects you as a person. Um, you haven't just lied, you're a liar. Okay? You haven't just let me down, you're unfaithful. That actually the thing that you've done uh, actually kind of sticks to you and becomes a label and becomes an identity. And one of the things Emily and I have found, actually, I mean, Emily is, is a real genius at this sort of stuff. Um, and it was actually her phrase um, that she began to use with me that really helped us in terms of us doing healthy confrontation was just to begin by saying, I know it wasn't your heart to do this, but when you did that, it had this effect on me. And that, for me, has just really opened up. And it kind of just has enabled me to, to be vulnerable to, to, to kind of not feel like I'm being attacked, uh, but actually be able to have an open and an honest conversation about what happened and the impact that what I did had on her and to be able to hear her heart in it. And owning how you feel. When, when you did that, I felt afraid or upset or scared. When you did something, this is how I felt because as I said, it, it may not be that what the person did or said is completely responsible for the way that you're feeling or the way that you're responding or the way that you're reacting. And therefore, you owning that can be really helpful because it doesn't put all of the onus and all of the blame and all of the responsibility onto the other person. So owning your response and your reaction is important. I'm conscious of the time... Um, and I think probably this is something we need to pick up um, on another occasion. Because there's a lot more, I think, that could be said. I think just in terms of landing this, um, I just want to encourage you, one, to adopt a, an attitude and a heart of forgiveness for those that have offended you. And also... If you're not able to resolve that yourself, I want to encourage you to, to go to the other person and to seek to resolve it with them. As I said, I think one of the important things here, and just in terms of guarding the environment we have here, is it's really important that we get very good at being able to give and receive feedback and to do healthy confrontation with one another. Uh, one of the things, one of the few things that we promise on our vision and values course uh, for those of you who, who have done that, is that at some point while you're here with us, you will be disappointed. That's probably the only thing I think we promise uh, when we do the course. Okay, at some point you will be disappointed. And how you handle that and how you deal with that uh, is really important. Um, as I say, I think we'll pick up uh, some more of the kind of tools around this uh, at another time. Why don't we just stand and we'll just pray together. Yeah, Father, Father, we thank you that you have forgiven us and that you continue and continually forgive us. I thank you that you, you love to forgive and you love to restore and you love to put things right. And uh, Father, I ask that we would be a community where we're good at forgiving, uh, where we're really good at doing relationships well, Father, where we're upset and offended by others, that we would have the courage to go and 
address it with that person. And Father, I ask that I just release now your wisdom and your grace to be a community that does relationships and handles conflict really well. Uh, a community where we're able to work through conflict and actually grow through it and where actually intimacy is increased and trust is increased as a result and that it doesn't decrease. If I would just release that over us right now uh, and ask that you would help us to cultivate that uh, in all that we do here.